Gospel according to Luke, the ninth chapter. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But that one said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you. Lord, but let me first say well, farewell to those who are at home. And Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Oh, it's a hot, humid summer day. We know what it's like to live through a hot, humid summer day in the Delaware Valley. We're experiencing a few of them right now. And then one of the joys on a hot, humid summer day, particularly in the early evening, someone has that wonderful idea, let's go out for ice cream. It's like, yes, we can do that. There has never been a no to ice cream that I have ever heard. Yes. And so we all pile into the car, and we like, and we go, and this time we're going to a new place for that ice cream. So there we are, a moment of refreshment, a moment of enjoyment, something sweet, cool, and wonderful. That's what the joy of a hot, humid summer evening in the Delaware Valley, some ice cream. Ah, it should be easy, but then you walk into this new place, and they have over 40 flavors. And now comes the dilemma. What should I choose? It should be easy. Ah, but here they are, over 40 options and multiple combinations. Should I have it in a cone, in a cup? What will I do? Should I get Jimmy's? Should I have chocolate, chocolate syrup on top? All of these possibilities, whipped cream, and then it's just one decision after an un another. Oh, my goodness, make up your mind. There it is. And you step back, and we step back, and we wait because we would like to, this to be fun, but after a while, it's no longer fun because we're trying to figure out what we would like to have. Finally, we just dive in. Make up your mind. It should be easy, but it's not. And then it's that wonderful time when we go to a restaurant, a new restaurant, and we invite old friends that we haven't seen for a while, and we think, oh, we'll just sit around the table. It'll be enjoyable. We'll have a wonderful meal. And then the waiter comes out and hands us the me menu, and it's thicker than the parish directory. <laughs> Talk about options and combinations. First, you have to figure out your appetizer, and then a super salad in the main dish. Do you do meat, fish, chicken, pasta? What are you in the mood for? Maybe veal. You go back and forth, up and down. Make up your mind. And there we are, and we're all perplexed. And then we haven't even gotten to the dessert menu yet. 
And there it is. All of these choices, all of these options, all of these combinations. There it is. It should be easy, but it's not. There it is. It's the joy and the chore of each and every day that we are here. We open the closet door and, okay, what shall I put on today? It should be easy, but it's not. Should I go Target today or should I upgrade? Should I be fashionable? What colors do I put together? Will this outfit look nice? Does this tie match this shirt? Ah, the choices, the options. It should be easy, but it's not. And even when you get ordained to the ministry of word and sacraments and the color defining color is black, there are options because you stand there in front of everything and you say, should I wear the shiny black today or should I wear the flat black? Should I wear the black that is fresh and new and really intense or the one that has been laundered for the past few years and is turning sort of a, a lighter shade of black? There are choices and options even when you're in the pastorate of the Lutheran Church in America. It should be easy. But it's not. Do I wear black pants today or should I wear gray? Or could I go khaki? Could I wear dungarees, jeans? Oh my goodness, there it is, time and time again. We are presented with a host of options. That's what it's like when we are in life in the 21st century. There it is, all of the choices. It should be easy, but it's not. Then you come to lunch, you come to dinner, you come to those places. Where are we going to go for vacation this year? What are we going to do? It seems to go on and on and on again. And we're continually being challenged to make up your mind. Make a decision. It should be easy, but it's not. And then today, in the glorious gospel, in the ninth chapter according to Luke, there is the gospel, the good news, Jesus up his mind. As Luke says, and Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. What that means, people of God, is that Jesus has made a decision. Jesus has made up his mind. He could have stayed in Galilee. He could have preached the love of God to the people that he grew up with. He could have preached the love of God to the people who understand how he speaks. But Jesus has made up his mind. He is going to Jerusalem. And there it is. Whereas Mark would say he set his face toward Jerusalem. This means that they are on a journey. They're going to leave Galilee and they're go going into the new and the adventure, the unknown, the possible combinations. There it is. They're going to cross the border into Samaria and then they're going to cross the border into Judea. They are set. They are going to follow this one who has made up his mind. He is going to Jerusalem. There it is. What a wonderful moment, the ninth chapter according to because up to this point, Luke, Luke has been following the outline of Mark, but now it comes to an end. Jesus, Jesus has made up his mind, and now Luke sets off and is going to show us the Jesus that he fell in love with. Because now this Jesus in the next 10 chapters is going to start opening up the love of God in a way that we can't even imagine. He's going to start talking about things that are just unbelievable. We're going to hear a story about a good Samaritan. We're going to hear a story about a prodigal son. We're going to hear a number of stories that we don't hear or experience in any of the other Gospels because this is Luke's Jesus. And Luke wants us to understand Jesus has made up his mind. He has made a decision. The love of God is going to be proclaimed. It will be proclaimed to the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely. There it is. These are the people that God is going to go in a special way to make contact with. There is this love. 
because in Luke, salvation has a universal dimension. It is not bottled up to one people. It is not bottled up into one space, but this love of God is going to break out, and God is going to get loose, and this is what Luke wants us to understand. Jesus has made up his mind. Everybody is going to hear about the wonderful message of this Lord, this God, this one, the Holy One, and so it is. Salvation in the gospel, according to Luke, has a universal dimension. It's there in so many ways, shapes, and forms. It's there in now, in these next ten chapters, as Jesus begins this journey, this walking with God, and telling stories, special stories, that are to be found nowhere else. But that's what makes this Jesus so wonderful. The least, the last, the lost, the lonely. The universal aspect of salvation Luke started it on the very first page. He started mapping out a genealogy. He started looking at Ancestry.com for Jesus. And he didn't stop with, uh, with Abraham. Uh-uh. For Luke, salvation has a universal dimension, so Luke keeps going back. He stops with Adam, the symbol for all of humanity. Salvation has a universal dimension in the gospel according to Luke, and Jesus has made up his mind that this will be proclaimed to everyone and to everyone. There it is, the universal dimension to salvation. And when we get to the final verses of Luke's writings, it will once again reappear. Ah, you will find it in the final words of the gospel according to Luke. No people of God, you're going to find it in the final words of the book of Acts. Because in our tradition, Luke authored two books, the Acts of Jesus, part one, or the Gospel according to Luke, and then the Acts of Jesus, part two, which we call the Acts of the Apostles. Not a great name. It's the Acts of Jesus, part two. And when it finally comes to an end, when it finally resolves itself, we are not in Jerusalem. We are in Rome, the symbol for a universal city, an international city where this love of God will be proclaimed to all people. Jesus has made up his mind. God is going to get out. God is going to share that word of love and acceptance to the least, the last, the lonely, the lost. There it is. And so it is on this day, the 30th of June, 2019, Jesus has made up his mind. Jesus made a promise to the people who follow him. Where two or three of you are together, I will be there. No debate, no ands-if clause, no possibilities, but a statement, I will be there. Jesus has made up his mind to be here among us, the people of God, as we come together for refreshment and enjoyment. And there are many decisions that we have made just getting here today. There'll be many more decisions that we'll make the rest of the day, the rest of the week. But here's one thing we don't have to worry about when we are assembled here within the walls of this church. Jesus is here because Jesus made up his mind. And in a few moments, Jesus will set table and Jesus will offer an invitation to come and receive. And God will be as close to us as bread on our tongues and wine on our lips. Jesus has made up his mind. I will be there in ways that are inexplicable, that you can't even describe. And there it is. And there is a challenge for each and every one of us as we serve here at Upper Dublin Lutheran Church. We don't have many choices. We're called to serve, and serve we do. And we will serve, not just on Sundays. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, God will get out. 
in the committee meetings that assemble here within this church to look, to look at ministry and new ways for ministry, to those people who come together for the clubs and the fellowship, for the feeding, for the Bible studies, for the times of prayer. There it is. Our minds have been made up. Jesus has given us the directive. Jesus will be here, and Jesus asks that we be here, and so we are. There it is. The love of God gets out. Ah, we're going to be asked time and time again to make up our mind. It should be easy, but it's not. Just when we think we know all the answers, come a different set of questions. Just when we think we've got it all mastered, there come some new possibilities and some new combinations. But there's one truth, there's one truth at which we can rest upon. Jesus made up his mind that we would hear the love of God. Jesus made up his mind that we would become the children of God. Jesus has made up his mind that in the relay race that is the history of the church, we're the ones who have been chosen and empowered by the Holy Spirit. It should be easy, and it is. Amen. <laughs>